0: What's up Raider Nation, Matt Holder from Silver and Black Pride here. We've got our Friday podcast to go over all the news and answer your questions about the Las Vegas Raiders. As your weekly reminder to have your questions answered on a future show, tweet them at me at 95 or email them to sppquestions1 at gmail.com, at 95 on Twitter or sppquestions1 at gmail.com via email. Alright, let's dive into it. I'll kick things off with by far the biggest news of the week coming out of Raiderland. The Raiders and starting quarterback Derek Carr have agreed to a 3-year, $121.5 million contract extension, coming out to an average of about $40.5 million per year. Now, there have been a few updates to break down the contract, so I'll do my best to give you guys the most accurate picture of how this contract is structured, but per the MMQB's Albert Breer. Carr will get $25 million this season, then $33 million in 2023, and $42 million in 2024 for a total of $100 million guaranteed, The $33 million for 23 and $7.5 million of his 24 money will become fully guaranteed three days after the next year's Super Bowl, and he gets $7.5 million to sign. We are also reported that the Devontae Adams trade played a big factor in striking this agreement as Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler were selling Carr on the idea of doing a Tom Brady type of deal so they could build around him, and when the coach and GM pulled off the Adams trade, Carr was all in. Later in a press conference after the signing, Carr went on to to mention about how he structured his deal so the team could re-sign players like Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, among others, which has been a hot topic of discussion on this podcast recently. A couple of other notes from Breer. Carr's new deal carries a no-trade clause and has a full injury guarantee of $65.5 million. He gets a $5.2 million raise for this season, and the contract can be a one-year $45.7 million extension if Carr is cut after the 2023 season. So, the longest-tenured quarterback in the NFC is going to stay that way for at least one more year, and likely beyond that if all goes to plan. I mentioned the off-season workout schedule last week, but the Raiders did kick off their off-season program on Monday. Since they have a new head coach, they got to kick things off about a week early, and several of the team's beat reporters reported that the event was well attended. These are optional workouts, but they do allow the coaches and players to at least meet and get on the whiteboard to start implementing the playbook, so it's good to hear that the turnout was high, and that players like Carr, Renfro, and Devontae Adams were all in attendance. The Raiders hosted a few players in for some visits this week, both free agent and NFL draft prospects. The most recognizable name for you guys would probably be defensive tackle Darius Phylon as he quote-unquote visited the team on Thursday. Obviously, they weren't trying to sell Phylon on the area or the team or anything like that, but I'd imagine that this was more of a chance for him to sit down with the new coaching staff and maybe even let the doctors take a deeper look at his surgically repaired knee or at least give them a chance to get any updates on the injury. As far as draft visits go, I'll do the same deal as last week and list the few I've seen floating around. Ohio State defensive tackle Haskell Garrett has spoken with Las Vegas, though the details of his visits are currently being held private. Clemson cornerback Mario Goodrich has met virtually with the silver and black. Same with Florida linebacker slash edge rusher Jeremiah Moon, while Miami defensive tackle Jonathan Ford was in Las Vegas on Monday, per Pro Football Network's Aaron Wilson. On a semi-related topic, the Raiders made a few signings this week as well. Tight at Nick Bowers and safety Roderick Teamers signed their exclusive rights deals this week, I believe it's been known for a while that Bowers was going to be back, it was just recently made official, but the teamer news is new and now he'll be back for his second season with the Silver and Black after contributing as a special teamer and backup safety last season. The Raiders also signed defensive end to Sean Bauer. Bowers originally from Kenilworth, New Jersey and went to LSU for college where he had 5.5 sacks and 12 tackles for the loss. In 2017, he was an undrafted free agent and signed with the Minnesota Vikings and ended up making their roster and playing there for two seasons before tearing his Achilles right before the 2019 season. From there, Bauer signed with the New England Patriots practice squad, surprise, surprise, and bounced back and forth between the Pats active roster and practice squad in 2020 before ending up back on the practice squad last season until the Minnesota Vikings signed him late in the year. Bowers has 21 total tackles and two sacks in his career. and what was likely a corresponding move, the Raiders cut defensive tackle Kamal Seymour with a non-football injury designation, as Seymour had been on the practice squad for at least a couple of years. The Raiders also unveiled every new player's number for this season, so I figured I'd rattle those off for you guys. On offense, we have quarterback Nick Mullins rocking number 9, wide receiver Mac Hollins with number 10, wide receiver Demarcus Rob- Robinson number 11, Quarterback Garrett Gilbert, 14. Wide receiver Devontae Adams, 17. Running back Amir Abdullah, 22. Running back Brandon Bolin, 34. Fullback Jacob Johnson, 45. Offensive lineman Jordan Meredith, 61. Offensive lineman Brett Heggie, 62. Offensive lineman Alex Bars, 64. And tight end Jacob Hollister, 88. And then on defense, Darius Phillips, cornerback number 20. Rocky Asin, also a cornerback, 26. Anthony Everett, another quarterback, number 29, DeRon Harmon, safety, 30, Craven LeBlanc, cornerback, 31, Micah Kaiser, linebacker, 43, Jayon Brown, linebacker, 50, Chandler Jones, edge, 55, Kyler Frackle, also an edge, 57, Bilal Nichols, defensive line, number 91, Kyle Pecco, defensive line, 92, Vernon Butler, 94, and Andrew Billings, 97. This last piece before we move on to the questions isn't Raiders related, especially since they won't draft until the third round, but the list of drafts attendees got announced, and the the draft is in Vegas, so here are the list of guys intending, in case you were wondering. Cornerback from Cincinnati, Ahmaud Gardner. Edge rusher from Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson. Offensive tackle from Mississippi State, Charles Cross. Wide receiver from Ohio State, Chris Olave. Utah linebacker, Devin Lloyd. Georgia defensive tackle, Devontae Wyatt. Alabama offensive lineman, or offensive tackle, I should say, Evan Neal. Ohio State wide receiver, Garrett Wilson. Purdue edge, George Karlaftis. NC State offensive tackle, Ikem Mekwanu. Florida State defensive end slash edge, Jermaine Johnson. Georgia defensive tackle, Jordan Davis. Kayvon Thibodeau, Oregon edge. Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame. Defensive back, quarterback Malik Willis out of Liberty cornerback Kyler Gordon out of Washington, linebacker Nakobe Dean out of Georgia, Zion Johnson, Boston College guard, Jamison Williams, Alabama wide receiver, Drake London, USC wide receiver, and Matt Corral, quarterback from Ole Miss. A quick little alumni update that I'm going to squeeze in here before we get to the questions. Former Raiders player and coach Rod Woodson was named as one of the XFL's head coaches for the league's upcoming reboot. Woodson ended his Hall of Fame playing career in Oakland, was a part of the organization's last Super Bowl run, and he returned to the team a couple of times as a coach. At this time, we don't know which XFL team Woodson will be coaching. All right, time for your questions. As another reminder to have your questions answered on a future show, tweet them at me, adamholder 95 or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. First up, now that Mad Max, Jones, and Adams are locked up, Does that mean Renfro and Waller will get extended? Yeah, I mean, I think I've talked about this a little bit before. I get the feeling that Hunter Renfro is going to be the next guy up. Like I was talking about at the beginning, the way Carr's contract is structured, they can bring back Waller, and I think what we were talking about before is a little bit more flexible before where they can bring back all three of those guys between Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. So I definitely think the door is open to bring back all three. I would say, again, I think Renfro is probably the next one up. Waller, I'd still wait on a little bit longer to see what happens with that situation. Again, I'm still not 100% convinced that they'll be able to keep all three of those guys that we were just talking about. But yeah, I definitely think Renfro is going to be the next man up. I think Carr's deal got done a little bit faster than I was expecting a little bit. I thought this would carry on probably at least until the summer. So I think that does give them a little bit bigger of a time frame too, to try and bring these guys back and get them signed before the season and even training camp starts. But yeah, I think uh, I think we'll see Renfro be, uh, be next up to get paid. And then Waller, is uh, still a little bit of a question mark in my mind, but wouldn't be shocked to see him get, uh, get some money this offseason too. Question two, will Jacobs get the extension? The fifth-year option is too expensive in my mind. So for those of you that don't know, this, the uh, fifth-year option number for Jacobs will be coming in at around $8 million, a little bit of change. Um, as far as an extension goes, if I would say if the, the fifth-year option is going to be a little bit too expensive for you, And expansion is probably going to be even more. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I would honestly expect Jacobs to come in probably around the 12 million per year mark, whatever, however many years that is. That's obviously up in the air. But I mean, 12 million, just looking at it, that seems to be the sweet spot for these new running back contracts. Dalvin Cooks at Cooks at 12.6, Derrick Henry 12 and a half, Nick Chubb 12.2. Aaron Jones twelve even same thing with Joe Mixon and then after that there's a steep drop off down to Melvin Gordon who's not under contract right now but most recently was making eight million per year and then Saquon Barkley and James Conner coming in or Saquon Barkley was excuse me just below eight million James Conner was about seven million so if you're looking at the difference what I guess what I'm getting at is uh, if the uh, the fifth year option is a little bit too expensive for you an extension is probably not going to be any cheaper. So at least with the fifth-year option, they kind of have the the out there, the easy out with him, especially with a guy like Jacobs who has had some injury issues in the past. And biggest honestly, the biggest flaw with him is that he just can't stay healthy. I think almost having a, a shorter term contract might be a little bit better than maybe locking yourself in to a longer and uh, higher paying deal. I mean, just look at what the Cowboys have done with Ezekiel Elliott. Not that Jacobs will command any sort of contract like that or anything like that, but again. As we keep hearing with this uh, new analytics age of football, the paying running backs deal is uh, obviously a big no-no. So I don't think Jacobs will get extended. Again, kind of circling back to the last question of we got to remember about how many, how much money they're going to be allocating to that side of the ball already with these big contracts. So I get the feeling this is probably going to be, or if, it, if Jacobs' extension isn't, or his fifth-year option, excuse me, isn't picked up, then we might be looking at one of the last few years for for Jacobs' uh in the silver and black, I, I, I do think there is a good chance they'll pick up his option. I think McDaniel's will probably like Jacobs a little bit more. I think maybe get him a little bit more involved in the passing game. Then again, we I feel like we've been saying that for years, even with Gruden around. So, I think that'll be a be an option for them to pick up the fifth year. But yeah, I, what I would say is if you think the fifth year is a little too, a bit too expensive, then the extension is probably going to be not much better for you. On a related note to the last question, when will we hear about Cleveland Farrell and Jonathan Abram? I'm assuming this is talking about the fifth-year options. I'm trying to think back. I don't know of many situations where a team has kind of flat-out said that they're not going to be declaring or picking up a uh, fifth-year option. not saying it hasn't happened, but it's just not sticking out in my mind. I get the feeling that you're probably not going to hear about anything until after the deadline's passed. Be kind of a weird signal going into a year to not pick up and announce that you're not picking up the uh, the the uh, fifth year option because I feel like then it becomes a little bit more of a story. Whereas if you just kind of decline it and everyone kind of knows it, it just kind of comes kind of seems more like a as expected, not as much of a, a noteworthy or newsworthy um, newsworthy story or anything like that. So I probably think they'll just kind of let it play out. They, probably might have either, they might have even told them at this point that they're not going to pick it up, but I don't think we'll hear anything or make anything public until kind of that those deadlines expe- or pass. I mean, Cleveland Farrell, I think that's a pretty shut case that they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option. Jonathan Abram, it's tough because I do think uh, if, you're, if you're a coach or if you're a, the regiment that drafted him, you might want to pick that up just because you might want to see what he can do for another year because the guy's obviously – had a, had a few injuries and kind of is a wild card, still still trying to figure out what type of player Jonathan Abram is, so you would like that extra year. But again, I think with the, the new regimen, it being a, still a fairly steep price tag, and again, I mean, the injuries do play a factor in the other end of the, the argument, too, of to not bring back Jonathan Abram. So I get the feeling we probably won't hear anything until those deadlines pass and to be honest with you guys, I'd probably be a little bit, I'd probably be pretty surprised if they picked up either uh, Cleveland or Abrams' uh, fifth-year options. I think if anybody's getting their option picked up, it's going to be Jacobs this year. Final question, will Gerald McCoy be re-signed? I love Gerald McCoy. He's one of my favorite defensive linemen of the modern era. I think I tweeted it out and talked about it when I was uh, covered the Raiders-Niners preseason game that he played a lot in, and played really well in. It was a pretty unreal moment for me to be be sitting in that press conference with a guy that when I played, I watched him and watched his tape to try and emulate what he did. That being said, Gerald McCoy has missed the last two seasons, played played in one game last season before injuring his knee, and is coming off two major leg injuries. Um, one with the Cowboys in, 2020, in the 2020 offseason where he ruptured his quad. Then he tore his ACL, obviously, last year in, in week one with the Raiders. And I believe he is 33, maybe even 35. Probably should have looked that up before I started answering this question, but oh well. Um, so long-winded way of saying, I think Gerald McCoy, I'm pretty confident Gerald McCoy is not coming back to the Raiders. And I think Gerald McCoy's career might be over. Because the other thing to keep in mind too is Gerald McCoy, while he was injured and already on injured reserve, was suspended for PEDs, which I'm not, this hasn't been reported and I'm just kind of connecting the dots. So it's more just speculation on my part. but I'm assuming that was probably because he was trying to come back from a ruptured quad which again a pretty serious injury and pretty tough to come back from at his age so I imagine he probably needed a little bit of a enhancement or some help to come back from that so again I just I get the feeling that unfortunately it's probably the end of uh, JL McCoy's career but it's been one hell of a career. And uh, I'm glad he got to be a Raider, even if it was for just one regular season game. And we'll we'll always have that uh, that 49 ers preseason game and always have that press conference. But yeah, got a feeling this is the end of the line for McCoy. All right, that'll do it for this week's pod. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, make sure you're following me on Twitter, AdamHolder95, and follow Silver and Black Pride. Please give us those five-star reviews. Subscribe and download wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, Maybe even download a new podcast app and start downloading on that one too. Until next time, Raider Nation.